Um, with that being said, let's get into God's word. Parents, don't forget our children's ministry is back up. So if you're viewing online, I want to just keep that since April, since our Easter Sunday, our kids ministry has not shut down. It's we're, we're back up, you know, it's back up and going. And so um, from ages uh, five all the way to 12, um, parents, you're more than welcome to bring your children. Our, our children's teachers are in there, and so they're bringing God's word to our kids. Amen. Uh, with that being said, open up your Bible with me. There's a word that's on my heart, and I want to take as much as time to deliver this word and encourage you this evening. Matthew, uh, go with me to the book of Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. And when you have that, just say amen with me. Amen. Again, that's Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. And the word of God reads like this. It says, And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of uh, Tyre and Sidon, and behold, a Canaanite woman from the region came out and was crying. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. And he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat from the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. While she was still in the presence of Jesus, her daughter was healed instantly. You know, we've, we've all had to experience opposition when it comes to blessing. Cada uno de nosotros hemos sentido la oposición cuando viene la bendición. And at times we have seen how the enemy, hemos visto como el enemigo how he is committed and untiringly set on keeping us away from blessings and acquiring the blessings in our lives. Como el enemigo está comprometido de ser un tropiezo a que nosotros lleguemos a la bendición de Dios. You know, in all, in all that the enemy does, in todo lo que el enemigo hace to oppose a life of blessing and miracles, para oponerse él como para que no lleguemos a la bendición de la vida, los milagros. The lesson we learn in all of his opposition and schemes against us is simply trust the word of the Lord. Cuando vemos la oposición del enemigo, lo que aprendemos en la, op la oposición del enemigo es confiar en el Señor. That is what we learn. Trust in the word of the Lord. Confía en la palabra del Señor. We see that what Satan does when he comes against the children of God, cuando el enemigo viene contra el pueblo de Dios, it is to disqualify the saint. Es para descalificar al santo. 
He tests or in better explanation, he tempts the faith of the saint to disqualify the saint. El tienta al creyente, al santo, para descalificar al santo. But did you know that God also tests the faith of man? Que igualmente Dios también prueba la fe del hombre y del santo and of the saint. Now, let me make something clear. God does not tempt. Dios no tienta. Because he is not tempted with evil. That is what James chapter 1 declares. Santiago 1 dice que Dios no es tentado con el mal. Así es que él no puede tentar. He cannot tempt. He does not tempt us. Él no nos tienta. Él nos prueba. He does not tempt us. He tests us. But unlike the enemy, God does not test us to disqualify us, but to authenticate us. Dios no nos descalifica, uh, nos prueba para descalificarnos, sino para autentizarnos a nosotros. To authenticate our faith. Para hacer que nuestra fe sea autenticada en Él. And so we read that God tests to authenticate the faith of His children. And reading here we see how the Lord Jesus Christ, leemos aquí como el Señor Jesucristo authenticates the faith of this Canaanite woman. Como Él autentifica la fe de esta mujer cananita which we will cover in tonight's message lo que vamos a cubrir hoy en esta noche but I love the way that God tests the faith of the saint a mí me gusta amo como Dios prueba la fe del hombre del santo it's not with a nose swab no es con uno de esas cosas de COVID para probar por COVID to test for COVID God doesn't test the faith you know, to see if we have faith with a nose swab or some type of, you know, test, you know, that we see in earth para probarnos, para ver si tenemos fe con estas cosas del mundo. God tests to see if we have faith with our responses. Dios prueba a ver si hay fe nosotros con cómo respondemos en la vida. How we respond in life. And so, you know, he... It's as if he does it according to our declaration. Él nos prueba conforme a nuestra declaración. He tests our faith according to our declarations. You might say, what do you mean, pastor? Well, when God tests us in the faith, he tests us by holding us accountable to either what we know of him, to what we have declared in him, or what we have received from him. To authenticate if we truly believe it or if we just said it to say it. Dios nos prueba para autentizarnos en la fe conforme a lo que conocemos de Él. Conforme de lo que hemos escuchado de Él, lo que hemos recibido de Él para autentizar a ver si creemos realmente en su palabra. To see if we truly believe in His word. Paul declared in 11, uh, Hebrews chapter 11 verses 6, Hebreos 11, 6, Pablo lo declara de esta manera, and without faith it is impossible to please God. Y sin fe es imposible agradar a Dios. Hallelujah. And we know this, how many know this? Without faith it's impossible to please God. Oh, yes. Sin fe es imposible agra agradar a Dios. But in the next segment, it helps us see how he authenticates our faith. Pero en el segmento, en el segmento siguiente, vamos a ver cómo Dios lo usa para autentizarnos en la fe. He says, because for whoever would draw near to God must believe. Porque el que se acerca a Dios tiene que creer. Has to believe. 
Now this, this is not to be taken lightly. Esto no es para tomarse en menos. The Bible says that we must believe that he exists. Tenemos que creer que él existe. And that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Y que él aún bendice al que lo busca diligentemente. Now understand this. Only God can see if you truly believe in him. That is the power of how God authenticates. You see, uh, I can fool you. Puedo hacerte a ti como alguien de burlar contra ti con mi vida. De engañarte a ti. To lie to you. But God, I cannot fool. Pero a Dios no puedo engañar. And so I believe this is why many times, this is why many times we disqualify people in having faith. Por eso a veces descalificamos a ciertas personas en no tener fe. But, you know, understand this. How is it that the people we think have little faith end up with big miracles? ¿Cómo es que las personas que pensamos que tienen poca fe reciben milagros grandes? This comes to tell me that it's not by what man sees, but what God sees. Esto me enseña a mí de lo que, él no es lo que el hombre ve, sino lo que Dios mira. Adentro del corazón y del alma de la persona, inside of the heart and the soul of man. If there is faith, if there is faith in you, a ver si hay fe en ti. We say, oh, they haven't been going to church for a long time. No han estado yendo a la iglesia por mucho tiempo. Oh, they don't know too much of the word. No saben mucho de la palabra. Yet they receive big miracles from God. Reciben grandes milagros de parte de Dios. This tells me that God sees the faith of man. Que Dios es el que ve la fe del hombre. And some would say, well, you know, what gets many unbelieving to receive big miracles is circumstance. It's because of circumstance. Es por la circunstancia que muchos reciben milagros grandes de parte de Dios. And yeah, that is true. Es verdad. But I believe a great part of it happens by failed surrounding. Recibimos milagros grandes porque nuestro alrededor nos ha fallado en la vida. When the all else has failed around us and God becomes our last option. Cuando todo alrededor de nosotros ha fallado y Dios se convierta como nuestra última opción en la vida. That's when God begins to move. Ahí es cuando Dios se puede mover. Now, you might say God doesn't want to be the last option of man. Dios no quiere ser la última opción del hombre. Él quiere ser la primera opción del hombre. He wants to be the first option of man. Yes, but what faith would be when, you're, when you don't have any more substance in your life, when you don't have any more help in your life, and you got to rely on God. ¿Qué significa cuando ya no hay esperanza en la vida? Tenemos que confiar en el Señor. At times, God is our last option. Because we would have never had faith making Him our first option. A veces Dios es nuestra última opción. Porque nunca tuviéramos fe de hacerle a Él nuestra primera opción. So Dios tiene que quitar cosas de nuestra vida. God needs to take stuff from our life. And we say, man, God, I'm sorry that you're my last option. You should have been my first option. But God says, sometimes I want to do miracles in your life. Being the last option of your life. You know, being the last person in your life. And, you know, being the last good thing in your life. And, you know, being the last glorious thing in your family. I want to be the last thing in your life. Because then I'll know that there is nothing more that you can run to. There is nobody else that you can rely on. There is nobody else that you can call on. Come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord. 
We cannot count the work of the Holy Spirit in testing and authenticating our faith as something small. I don't believe that one bit that, God, that the tests of God are to disqualify us. No creo con ningún pedazo de que la, las pruebas de Dios a nuestra fe no es para descalificarnos. God tests our faith to authenticate us. God tests the faith of his saints to authenticate us. Because you know when, you know, it's like you, God telling you he's going to bless you with something in particular. It's como Dios diciendo que te va a bendecir con algo en particular. Maybe God said he's going to bless you with a new job. Dios te digo que te iba a bendecir con un nuevo trabajo. Maybe a new car, un nuevo carro. Maybe a healing in your life. Sanidad en tu cuerpo. Then all of a sudden you begin to pursue it. Lo, lo comienzas a perseguir. And then you, you, you come to the hiring boss and he says, well, we got to go through 30 more interviews. But you were a good candidate. You know, ahí te sientas junto al, al que te va a dar el trabajo. Y te dice, sabes que hay 30 candidatos más tenemos que probarlos. No, you say, no, man, there's 30 more, you know, then. No, I'm not going to get the job then. But God told you he's going to give you a new job. You know, sometimes God allows stumbling blocks, not from Satan. God allows stumbling blocks in your walk after he promised you something to see if you're real about it. To see if you're going to. Over, if you, to see if you're going to jump the river and you know sometimes God will say you know I'm going to bless you and we say man that dirty devil God saying don't, don't blame it on the devil you know I just want to make sure that you were real about what you said that you were going to serve me whether you got it or not that you were going to live for me whether I gave it to you or not or you know whether you were going to sing for me or serve me or tell people about me I wanted to see if you were real about it I wanted to know if you were going to be dedicated to what I was going to do in your life or at the first moment of obstacle that you were going to cross your hands and say oh you know what no never mind God's not going to do it maybe you get on that lot that car lot and you you know they said you know uh, go look find a car you know find a car and you're oh it's working in my favor ya está trabajando en mi favor and there you go looking on the car lot and you said I want that one oh let's go run your car well you know hey um I just want to let you know that you, you qualify for a, you know, a, a range, but you just don't qualify for that one right there. Yeah, for a pinto. And then, and then you start saying, well, you know, God, I, I thought you said you were going to bless me with a new car. I thought you were going to give me a car, God. And, and, and you said that I can pick the one that I wanted. And, and all of a sudden, I'm starting to get God saying, I want to see if you can believe me for the one that you want. I want to see if you're able to be committed to the point where you say, I'm not going to be held back. God said it, so he's going to do it. Maybe God said, I'm going to heal your body. Then all of a sudden, you go into the doctor's office, and you've been doing everything the doctors told you to do. You stand before the doctor and the doctor said, well, you know, we ran some more tests and it, it kind of got better, but it didn't get any more better. It's kind of like, wow, God, you know, you said you were going to heal me. God said, again, I want to see if you can trust me that what I said I'm going to do, I'm going to do. At times, God puts stumbling blocks not to disqualify the saint, but to authenticate the saint. And we see God use this method of authentication of faith plenty of times. He would put stumbling blocks before the believer many times as it were in their example to see if they had the faith to step over the obstacles. 
Dígame preguntarte ¿Tienes fe para sobrepasar los obstáculos de la vida? Do you have faith to overcome the obstacles in your faith? For example, you know, there was times where Jesus put obstacles before them. You remember that, that verse when he said, you know, uh, when someone called Jesus good, they said, oh, you're good. And then Jesus responded by saying, why are you calling me good? There's only, there is no one good but God. You remember that? You remember that verse when Jesus told that person, there's nobody good but God. It's kind of like Jesus was like putting, getting them off guard. They were like, they were giving Jesus a compliment. You're good. And Jesus was like, I'm going to make sure you mean it. Hey, there ain't nobody good but God. And you're like, oh, that wasn't the response I was waiting for. I was kind of waiting for Jesus to say, hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Jesus tests the faith and he waits for your response. He waits to see what your response is like. And you can't blame it on the devil because it is God. It's God. You know, and, and, and we see Jesus work in this type of setting with this Canaanite woman. We see him work in the same way in our lives today. Are you willing to step over the test and believe God? You know, this is the focus of God's word tonight. How he tested this woman to authenticate her faith, not disqualify her. Note these points that God showed me about the faith of this Canaanite woman. Vea los puntos de, de la fe de esta mujer cananita. Number one is this. Her need revealed her condition. La necesidad de ella reveló su condición espiritual. Again, her need revealed her condition. La necesidad de ella reveló su condición espiritual. Verses 21 through 23. Versículo 21 al 23. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, the Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. You know, the word Canaan, la palabra Canaan, It's actually the ancient name of the whole land before Abraham arrived to it. Era el nombre completo antes de que Abraham llegara a ella. And so Joshua spied out the land. Josué igual, igualmente también fue como un espía para ver la tierra de Canaan. To spy out the land of Canaan. And what did he see in the land? He seen giants. Vio gigantes. Vio aún. Hombres grandes, he's seen big men. How were they going to conquer? And God told them that it was the promised land. Dios les dijo a ellos que era la tierra prometida. Let me tell you something. This woman was coming from a background of an overcome. She was, in other words, in, in Jewish history or in Jewish lineage, she was second and the Jewish people were first. So you can see on how In her coming to God, she was humbled because she was standing before the king of the Jews. Not yet knowing that he would be the king of the world. But he had to fulfill the Old Testament prophecies of coming to the Jews. Coming to the Jews first. 
to present to them. You got to remember, he came to his own and his own did not receive him. So then he turned to the Gentiles. Come on, somebody, you got to understand this. He came to his own and his own rejected him. So then he turned to the Gentiles. And so these, this woman represents the Gentiles. This woman represents the, 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 the leftovers of what the ones that should have gotten and didn't want. Come on, somebody, bless the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord, church. I, I know you're starting to understand what I'm, where I'm getting at here. And so her need revealed her condition. La necesidad de ella reveló su condición espiritual. She was in no place to ask God for anything. No estaban en ningún lugar para pedirle a Dios por nada. Menos un milagro para su hijo. Less even a miracle for her daughter. And so understand this. Before Abraham had gotten there, did you know that the Canaanite land, the, Canine, uh, the Canaanites, was a very prosperous land. It was seaside. And there was actually 12 or more groups of ethnicities that were compiled within Canaan. And so they were, uh, they were a, a nation of people of many different ethnicities. It's kind of like saying we are American. But we are compiled by different ethnicities. So was the land of Canaan. It was a land of different ethnicities. They were strong. They were rich. They, they were favorable. But when God has a plan on something that belongs to him, it doesn't matter which giant is there. When God wants it, he is going to take it. And so he told the people of Israel, that is the land that I'm sending you to. He told Abraham, go to the land that I will show you. And I will make your name great. And I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse those who curse you. Well, we see how God took them there. But if you understand the history of the Canaanites, the Canaanites were a pagan and corrupt people as well. Their presence in the land was a strong threat to the purity of Israel's religion and morality. And so there is a long history of spiritual and military conflict between the Israelites and the Canaanites. And David and his royal successors managed to control actually, you know, the Canaanites. And even, as, even Solomon, his son Solomon, did business when it came to the temple. In building the temple. He did business with them when building the temple, Solomon. But over the years, the Canaanites were defeated and most of them fled the land. So there, you know, Israel was there. And so now that we know the history of the Canaanites in some form and fashion, you can understand why this woman came crying out to Jesus because her lineage is used to being defeated by the people of God. You can understand why now she, uh, uh, you know, took the role on and saying, well, if I got to be a dog to get my miracle, then so be it. She was that desperate for a touch of the master. And so when we came to the Lord Jesus Christ, we came knowing our condition. The moment we forget our condition is the moment we forget who we're asking. The moment we forget where we were and how we were dead men walking. Come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord. The moment we forget of how superior and how beautiful and how holy and how great is our Lord. Come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord. It's the moment that we forget Hallelujah. our condition. Sometimes we forget our condition. We come before God asking for bread as if we are Jews. 
In the same sense, well, you better give me what's on that table. God said, nah, that's not how the way it works. And so we come before him in grace. We can come boldly before his throne of grace, not because of us, but because of the son. Come on, somebody. Just, I know you're, you're understanding what I'm saying. We can come boldly before God, but not come boldly and saying, well, you know, God, you got to give it to me. You better give it to me. No, I can come boldly before the King of kings and the Lord of lords because of the Son, because of the blood that was shed on the cross, because of what happened on Calvary, that bloody day of which his body was mauled, of which he lost his blood, of which he was hanging on that cross, naked for your sins and my sins. We can come boldly before the presence of the Lord and know that even if it is a piece of bread falling from the table it is enough to heal it is enough to restore it is enough to lift up it is enough to call it is enough to give life come on somebody bless the name of the Lord I don't need the whole loaf of bread God I just need a piece so she cries out and says son of David was saying, son of David, as such, he is sovereign over her and her land. And all she can do is cry for mercy. Her words opened the old wounds of her heritage. But she was desperate for her daughter. And so she cried out for mercy from the visiting Jewish king, Jesus Christ. And in the midst of reflecting on your condition, how apart you are from God, do not be held back even also from God. Do not be held back from God. Do not be held back and say, you know, I'm a sinner. No, pressing deeper. Even in the midst of reflecting of how sinful you are. Even in the midst of reflecting how apart you are in your lineage. Maybe you didn't have Christian parents. Maybe you didn't grow up in a Christian home. Maybe you're not a person that prayed your life. Maybe you're not a person that read the word. That is okay in reflecting on your lineage. In reflecting on how messed up you were before you came to the Lord Jesus Christ. Should not keep you from God. But should take you to press in deeper. Press in harder. To know that there is hope in that name that's above all names. Come on somebody bless the name of the Lord. Don't try to act better than what you were. We're all in the need of God. There is not one person that has not sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All have fallen short of the glory of God. Seven times a man shall fall and seven times he shall get back up. But the grace of God is sufficient. My grace is sufficient for thee. That's what his word says. My grace is sufficient for thee. And where sin abounds, much more grace abounds. When you reflect on your condition, when you reflect on, man, God, I'm, I'm not a good Christian. The enemy's a condemner of the brother, and he says, yeah, that's why you shouldn't come near to him. Don't draw near to him. All the more, God says, I want to test your faith. Will you believe me unlike your spiritual condition? And that's why we see people that aren't churched. We see people that don't, aren't faithful. We see people that, you know, don't read their Bible, don't pray, but they got faith. There's some believers that are church their whole lives, desiring to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Then all of a sudden, you, you got somebody come off the street, never been in church, never read the word, ne never got baptized, you know, never served as a usher. I mean, never preached. Ne they, didn't, they don't know what hymns, they don't know what lifting your hands up is. They, they don't know the prayer of faith, but all of a sudden, they just get touched with the Holy Ghost. God does miracles with faith, 
Not with credibility. It's faith that moves mountains. Let's just clarify that. Let's clarify that. It is faith that moves mountains. That's why somebody that comes in, you're like, oh, they haven't been churched. I don't know. They need to first give their heart to Jesus. All of a sudden, they're healed. And you're like, God, I've been asking to be healed for like six months, God. All of a sudden, God, all of a sudden, you know, he just comes. This is his first day here, Lord. Like, come on, God. You know, I deserve it better than more than he does. God is searching for faith. This should alarm you because we're, we're coming to a place in time where, you know, it said, what are you doing to be saved? And what are you doing to receive from God? No, God just wants to see your faith. And guess what? You say, well, you know, I'm going to trick. You can't trick God. God is like an x-ray machine. He knows if your tank is full. He knows if you're real about it. He knows if you're fake. You can fool me all day, but you can't fool God. You can fool the church all day, but you can't fool God. And when God sees a real faith, no matter who's judging you, when God sees a real faith, no matter how long you've been in church, when God sees a real faith, oh, he... Miracles begin to rain down. Blessing begins to rain down. Favor begins to rain down. Healing begins to rain down. Restoration begins to rain down. When God sees faith. When God sees faith. When God sees faith. God seen the faith of this Canaanite woman. He said, this woman has faith. She has faith. That is why the kingdom of heaven, that's why the angels rejoice when a sinner repents. The heavens rejoice. There's rejoicing in heaven when, the, when a sinner repents. Why? why? Why not when a believer finally has faith? Why is it when a sinner repents, the heavens rejoice? Why is that? Because when a sinner repents, there's faith there. People have been churched their whole life and they've got no faith. They talk faith. They dress in faith. They hold their Bibles in faith. But God says, I'm looking at the tank and it's empty. So he came to his own and his own did not receive him, so he turned to the Gentiles. Sometimes God turns to the crowd we think are unqualified and God moves in the midst of them. If only you've seen the revival that happens in prisons. It's a good idea. The revival that, just think of where God moves at. He moves in prisons, hospitals. <laughs> Look at this. Prisons, hospitals. Where the need is at. And, and you know, if we're here, we're blessed, and we're not phased. We're not, we're not phased. Well, you know, God, I love the Lord, but you, there's no faith in you. God doesn't see faith in you. And, and sometimes God needs to turn to the Gentiles for his glory to move. You know, and, and just, this is just a confirmation because he did many, uh, he did miracles, but not as many. For there was no faith there. They didn't receive him as king. And sometimes God's not received as king in your life. Then all of a sudden we turn at people who are, haven't been churched. And all of a sudden they're receiving him as king. There's miracles there. 
You know a hundred verses and they know zip. They know zero verses. And God is just moving in revelation. We say, why God? Why over there? God says, because they want me there. <laughs> There's need there. Those are the ones that I like to show my glory to. In the broken of heart and, and those that are lowly in state. You know, blessing is good until it draws you away from God. Provision is good until it draws you away from God. Health is good until it draws you away from God. When we have, we forget it. When we don't have, we remember. When we're healthy, we forget. And when we become unhealthy, we remember. No wonder God keeps us in our affliction. Boy, I didn't get in too many amens in that one. This body's going to perish and I would rather be in affliction always knowing that it's going to keep me until the redemptive day of Jesus Christ than to say I got it all good together and I'm gambling with my spiritual life. God, keep me poor if need be so that I will be ready for your coming. Keep me afflicted in my body, God, if I'm not going to. And God knows if you're not going to listen. You see, we forget about that that sovereignty of God. God knows. If he blesses you, God knows your decision. He knows if you're going to run. And at times God will bless you anyways. So that you'd learn the lesson when the fall happens again. You would say, God, make me low in my estate, Father God. Make me low, Father God, to understand that you are king. That I don't deserve it, but because of your grace, it is given to me. It is interesting to note that not only does she realize the condition of her spiritual condition, but as well that she sees the executive mission of the Messiah. Look at this. She had a faith that cried out in mercy because she knew that Jesus Christ didn't have to turn to her. He answered her in 24 through 27. He answered her and said, said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Look at how Jesus affirms his mission and vision, what the Father had sent him for. He said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. But she came and knelt before him and saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, again, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And she said, yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. She said, Lord, I understand that you didn't come first to the house of the Gentile. I know you came first to the house of Israel. To proclaim that the king has come. Oh, understand this. and Which confirms John chapter 1. If you wanted to know the verse that cites that he came to his own and his own didn't accept him. John chapter 1. Verse 11 through 13. He said, he came to what was his own, but his own people did not receive him. But to all who have received him, those who believe in his name, he has given right to become God's children. She understood the mission of Jesus. And that was to focus on Israel. That was Jesus' mission, to focus on the house of Israel. To pronounce the coming of the Messiah. But nevertheless... Her faith would not allow him to dismiss her without releasing a miracle to her of deliverance and healing. 
Understand this. The purpose of Christ is salvation. Just let me clarify this because I want you to come out knowing that God wants to heal you, but that's not his first mission. The purpose of Christ is salvation. El propósito de Cristo es salvación. Not the car, no el carro, not the house, no la casa, not the healing, ni la sanidad. The purpose of Jesus Christ is to restore humanity back to God. El propósito de Cristo es restaurar la humanidad a Dios. He didn't come to give you a bigger mansion. No vino a darte una mansión más grande. He didn't come to save you to, you know, to give you a better job para darte un mejor trabajo. And I think when we position God on these substances, cuando pos damos posición a Dios sobre estas cosas terrenales, we give up on God because we didn't get what we wanted. Nos damos de vencido cuando no agarramos lo que queremos. God says, I didn't come to give you a house. I didn't come to give you a car. I didn't save you to heal you. I didn't save you, you know, to, uh, uh, you know, give you a better job. I saved you because you didn't have any hope by yourself. You were a dead man walking. There was no hope for your soul. No había esperanza para tu alma. The purpose of Jesus Christ is to restore us back to the Father. El propósito de Cristo es restaurarnos a nosotros al Padre. And so the purpose of the blood of Jesus given at Calvary was not to grant things, but to make a way for the soul. To become an offering to a sinful world. But yet God does not deny the faith to do many miracles for those who believe in the process. Understand this. The first purpose is not blessing you with material earthly things. El propósito no es bendecirte con cosas terrenales. Es para salvar tu alma. It is to save your soul. That's the purpose of Jesus Christ. But God, rich in mercy, pero Cristo, rico en misericordia. Abundante en gracia, abundant in grace, cannot ignore a faith. Wow. God says, I've come to save the soul. But I cannot ignore the faith she has for healing. I cannot ignore his faith for a new job. I cannot ignore the faith for a new vehicle. I cannot ignore the faith that I see that is real for a home. God has come to save the soul through Jesus Christ, but it is in his nature that he cannot neglect faith. That is why everything you do, you must do in faith. Because when you do it in faith, God cannot neglect faith. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When it is a righteous cause and you put faith on it. Cuando es algo justo y pones fe. Dios se tiene que mover. God needs to move. Not because he has demanded. But because he is pleased by faith. You know, without faith it is impossible to please God. Sin fe es imposible agradar a Dios. That means when I got faith, mountains move. That means when I got faith, blessing comes. That means when I got faith, healing comes forward. Come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord. If you're going to do it, do it in faith. Si lo vas a hacer, hazlo en fe. Do it in faith. Many of the disciples said what? Send her away. Mándala. Tírala. Que se vaya. Send her away, Lord. You know, some say in the sense, you know, get rid of her. You know, ya quítala de aquí, Señor. Dígale que se vaya. Tell her to leave. She's annoying. 
But all other scholars, which I agree more with them, they say, they said it in the sense of send her away by healing her because if you don't, she will not go away. That's how persistent she is. A mí me gusta como los, uh, los comentarios dicen de esta manera, mándala ya Señor porque si no la mandas no se va a ir hasta que tú la bendigas con un milagro. Heal her Lord because if you don't she's going to stay here all night. Can the Lord count on you all night? Do you have such faith to be there all night? Saying I'm unworthy of it. I don't deserve it. But I'm going to stay here until I get my bed. It's kind of like Jacob. Will you allow your bone to be pulled out of place? To get the miracle of your life. I'm that desperate. Let's go unto death. I'm ready. You have to understand how desperate this mom was for her daughter. She's saying, I'm willing to stay here all night while my daughter is sick at home in need of me. But I'm willing to stay here until I get my blessing. And God is saying, I want to see faith that's real. Faith that's willing. Not a faith that says something, but you ain't really to go, willing to go the mile. You say, God, send me, Lord. And then when the Lord says, okay, go. Well, you know, not today, Lord. Let me look at my Palm Pilot. <laughs> God knows if you were playing games. And he'll put you to the test on it. Oh, that's not the God that I want to serve. Well, it's the only God that you'll be able to serve. Because God wants to see if you're real about it. It doesn't work for you. Try Muhammad. <laughs> Don't work for you. Try Confucius. Don't work for you. Try the candles, the little saints. There is only one living God. That's where we distinguish. He's living. He's not dead. He didn't give you a letter and say, you know, read it until I come back. And, you know, and, then, and when you see me, I'll be alive then. No, no, no. He's alive now. Through the Holy Spirit. Amen. Through his Holy Spirit, he's alive. In each and every one of our lives. You got to understand, that's the difference between the God that I serve. God says, I want to see if you're real about it. Well, are you real about the faith you said? You said, Lord, save my family. God said, I want to see if you're real about it. Oh, Lord, save my husband, save my wife, save my daughter, save my... The Lord said, I want to see if you're real about it. I'll do it. I, will, I, I can do the salvation. I can heal that body. I can restore that family. But I want to see if you're real about it. I want to see if you're willing to go the extra mile. I want to see if you're willing to climb the mountain. I want to see if you're willing to crawl through the desert. I want to see if you're willing to uphold yourself in the wilderness. Will you trust my word? Will you stay persistent to what I promised? Jesus wanted the disciples and the woman to understand fully that his ministry in the brief time that he had on earth was very focused. Yet this woman was persistent. So all of this woman could do was what? Ask for mercy. Ask for mercy. That's all she had as an option. To ask for mercy. With mercy, this woman would not be put off. So as he said, it is not right for me to give the bread of the children to the dogs. She said, no, no, no. You're going to have to, 
you're going to have to get rid of me with something a little bit more harder than that. In other words, Jesus was like, I'll do the miracle. He didn't tell her, I'll do the miracle. He just said, I want to see how bad you want it. It's not right for me to give the bread of the children to the dogs. Anybody that's not desperate for a miracle would have said, well, forget you then. I didn't want it that bad anyway. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes we do that to people, right? They're, Like, hey, can, can you lend me this? Are you sure you're going to pay me back? I don't need it anyways. Deep down in your side, like, I really need it. Right? Obviously, not enough for you to be undignified before the person that you're in need of saving of. And this woman was willing to be undignified. She was willing to be lost of all of her dignity to get a miracle before whom she declared to be the king. She said, son of David. In other words, she wasn't saying just any old prophet. She came with the right words. She said, son of David. In other words, she was saying, you are the king. You are the Messiah. You are the one that came to save the world. Come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord. And Jesus said, I want to make sure that you ain't, you ain't trying to trick me for a miracle. Let's make sure I can't give my bread to uh, the children to the dogs. And she said, what, how, how did she respond? She, she got on her knees and she said, Lord, help me. Man. Jesus pushed her a little further by reminding her of the historic distinction between the cursed Canaanites and the blessed Israelites. In other words, it was an offense. He was saying to her, man, you guys are cursed and the Jews are blessed. She said, yes, Lord, I know that. But even with what falls from the table of the blessed is enough for my miracle to come. In other words, I don't need the whole loaf of bread. Just rip me off a piece. <laughs> I, I don't need the whole loaf. Just get the loaf and pinch it and throw a little bit on the ground. I don't even have to catch it. You don't even have to put it in my... Don't even defile yourself by putting, touching my hand and putting the bread. Let it hit the floor and I'll pick it up off the floor. She asked for mercy. Her faith asked in mercy. La fe de ella pidió en misericordia. Y Dios no puede negar la fe de misericordia. God cannot deny the faith of mercy. And so this displays to me that she had a faith ready for leftovers. And I want to finish here. And he answered, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And he said, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered, her, oh, woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. Mark declares it like this. And while she was still there, her daughter was healed over there. The woman's answer is marvelous. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that the children's drop. That's what she was saying. And she agrees or accepts the role of a dog in relation to Israel, knowing the Messiah would come to Israel first. She wants some of the uncovenanted mercy of God. She's saying, Lord, I want some of the uncovenanted mercy. 
Show me mercy that's not covenanted to me. It's a beautiful thing when we come before the Lord and we say, God, have mercy on me with the mercy that's not covenanted to me. For I am a sinner, but I don't stop there. Saved by grace. The enemy always wants you to focus on that you are a sinner and that you are a sinner and that you are a sinner, but his grace gives you uncovenanted blessing. And the word for dogs here refers to actually small dogs. Someone like, somewhat like a child's pet. Harmless and helpless. Harmless and helpless. In other words, you're not a threat. You're in need of my help. She requested for grace. But what makes her faith great is that she is willing to take what the Jews do not want. She is willing to eat the bread that the Jews do not want anymore. Or do not accept. This is the type of faith that I love about this woman. She was saying, look, what the Jews don't want, I'll take it. Just give that to me, I'll, I'll, take, the, I'll take that bread. Sometimes we need to be desperate, so desperate for God. It's like, Lord, whatever. I'll, I'll take whatever. Because anything that comes from you is enough. Enough. They brought Jesus five loaves of bread and some fish, two fish. And, and Jesus said, lift it up. Let's bless it. And he blessed it. And he fed 5,000 men, not including women and children. And... You know, when Jesus fed the 5,000, you remember that story? When Jesus fed the 5,000, that was a prophetic move of God to show that he was the bread for the nations. He was bread for the nations. But here, when he gave her the bread of the children, he displayed to be the savior of the whole world. He becomes the savior of your life. When you're willing to recognize that the grace that you are about to receive is not deserved to you. But because of what he did on the cross, it is available to you. It is when we come in that faith that God says, I can't deny that faith. I got to do something with it. You know, the one thing that we have power over. That we have power, God gives it to us, but we have the power to display it and nothing can stop it. It's faith. We display faith, right? We show faith. And God is saying, it wasn't like I said, don't, don't show me faith. No, if you show faith to God, no God, I believe you. Because what was Jesus trying to do? Dismiss her. Hey, I, it's wrong for me to give the bread of the children to, to the dogs. No, that he was giving her every opportunity to turn around and say, ni modo, he's not going to do the miracle. I might as well just leave. And, and, and she was persistent. She would say, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm not going to believe that. I'm here. You're going to bless me. You're going to do the miracle. You're going to heal me. I'm committed. I don't care what is said. I don't care how many people say, get out of here. Leave. I'm committed to leave this place healed. 
Did you know if we came into a church service like that, believing God, every one of our needs in this place would be met. Call me a liar. I dare you. So you would see what God is able to do. It ain't going to be me doing it. When you have faith in God and you come into his presence and you say, Lord, I'm here like that woman, undeserving. But Lord, if a piece, a piece of bread can just fall from the table, that is enough to do a miracle on my behalf. You want to be set free? Don't ask God for the loaf. Ask him from what, what will fall from the table. Say, God, I'm so desperate that I'll even take a piece that falls off the table. You can do it with a piece. God, put your whole hand over my body. God says, what if I want to just put my finger? Oh, God, if you, just, if you just put your finger, that's even enough, God. How much do you believe God tonight? What does your faith look like in and the whole point of tonight's message is, this is the way that God tests the faith of the saint. He wants to see if you're real about it. If you didn't just say it to say it, He wants to know if truly you meant what you said. Lord, I believe you. And even when God puts a stumbling block before you, you willingly jump over the stumbling blocks and say, Lord, nothing ain't going to stop me. Jacob, remember this, Jacob didn't wrestle with the demon, he wrestled with an angel. <laughs> we forget that point. Jacob didn't wrestle with a demon, he wrestled with an angel. Sent by God to test his faith. And sometimes we're wrestling with an angel, not a demon. And God is saying, how bad do you want it? Will you believe me for it? I want you to stand to your feet with me tonight and just raise your hand. Believing God in faith. Believing God in faith. Whether that's restoration for your family, healing in your body. There is a healing God in the midst of his people tonight. He is a healing God and he is here tonight. He is a restoring God and he is here tonight. He is here tonight. You know, Pastor David, I love it when they say, you don't qualify, you don't qualify, you don't qualify. Man, it just pumps me up even more. Come on, tell me again. Tell me again. Yes, I love it. Say it again. Say it again. Uh, yes, yeah, say it again because I'm going to believe God even harder. I'm going to believe God even more. You know, the more opposition I get, the more it tells me that I'm doing something right. You ain't going to get it. You ain't going to, uh, you know, there's a, you'll never change, just get pumped up even more because God is saying, you'll see what I can do when you believe me. And tonight God wants you to believe him, have faith in him. As your eyes are looking to the master, he who can only do the miracle tonight, I want you to just call out to him, begin to call out to him right now. Call out to him right now. Call out to him. Call out to him. Call out to him tonight. Clamale a él hoy en esta noche. There's